Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of A, a BJJ, BJJ Marriage. Marriage, where we talk about our lives as a married jujitsu couple. Hola. 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 Oi. Bonjour. Ni hao. Ni hao. Hello. Hi, guys. Welcome to another awesome episode. A special Halloween episode. Not really Halloween. It's not. But it's Halloween day. It is Halloween. This episode will be coming out on October 31st, which is Halloween. Cheers to Halloween. Which happens to be the day that we are recording on. Because sometimes we record early in the week and sometimes we record on the day of because we're lazy throughout the week. And then when we it's try to record... Lazy. When we try to record on Sundays... It gets to be later in the day, and we're just laying in bed, and we don't want to, and then we're like, we should really go do it, <laughs> and we're like, but I'd rather take a nap, and yeah. then here we are. For the first time this weekend, I slept in for two days in a row, because mm-hmm. I needed to catch up on some sleep. And you know what happened when I slept in? I broke my toe. <laughs> <laughs> so I should not sleep in. I don't think you actually broke your toe. I don't know. It's... You may have broken it, though. It's uh about as purple as I'll be. November 22nd. Woohoo! <laughs> yes. So, again, reminder on that. Go to Fluid. <laughs> Make sure yeah. you're there on November 22nd. Come to our belt somewhere. It's going to be fun. Watch us get promoted. And our <clears> friend <throat> Adam Conley also get his blue belt. So, it's going to be a great well day. Well deserved, yes. And it should be nice and fun. But, kind of going off of belt ceremonies. Yeah, belt ceremonies. Yesterday, we got to see our friend Lydia. Lydia. Mm-hmm. And a couple other well-deserved promotions mm-hmm. at primal mke which mm-hmm. was super fun shout out to primal yeah we yes. went there for the belt ceremony and the open mat yep it was our first time visiting primal so that was really cool it was a nice gym very i was very impressed actually walking in yeah pretty cool place nice it was it's also an mma style gym mm-hmm. so that was really cool there's people sparring in the background and people doing personal training in the back as well while open mat was happening yeah. So lots of activities happening all at once, and I thought it was a very unique and fun and inviting atmosphere. Yeah, and that's what inspired our topic today, which is going to be different styles of learning. Mm-hmm. But we can dive into that in a little bit. But the belt ceremony was pretty fun. Yeah, it was different. Yep, because... and we've talked about different belt ceremonies before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because our belt ceremony is pretty traditional in how we do it every time. So it's normally three people. There was one time it was only two, but it's typically three people out on the mats. I've seen four before also. You did four? Yeah, I think that time we surprised Lippert. That's right. Yep, (laughs) four. Uh, But yeah, there's typically people out on the mat, and then the rest of the class lines up. And it's one person to a person who's getting promoted at a time for 30 seconds. And then they go in the back of the line, and then it just keeps rotating in and out through the class. But... Uh, the people getting promoted stay out for 45 minutes to get shark tanked. And then they each go through and teach a submission or a sweep or whatever kind of thing that they want to teach, a philosophy. Yep, whatever move resonates with them most at that belt level. Yep, and they teach the whole class, and it's like a little mini lesson from all three of the people or four or two or whatever it is. And then it's an op- and then they get their belts in front of everyone, and then it's an open mat after that. And that's how we've been used to it because that's just what we've seen throughout Mm -hmm. our entire jujitsu careers Mm -hmm. so going to primal and seeing it done their way yes uh presented in a different manner than we do it was very fun it was very unique yeah 
I'd say they are in a traditional BJJ school. They are more focused on MMA, which is totally fine. But obviously, if you train, you know that the ground game is a huge part of MMA. Mm-hmm. So I think they train primarily no gi, but they have a lot of gi stuff. And obviously, this is all conjecture from the one time we went there and what we've heard from other people. Right. But so they had everybody circle up and then they gave the people getting promoted with belts, which there were seven belt promotions, which yeah. is pretty cool. Um, but they gave them all a topic to research and present to the whole group, mm-hmm. which was pretty cool. And it wasn't like, you know, a 45 minute slideshow and we're all taking notes and quizzed on it later. Right. <laughs> Just like a two to three minute presentation from each person about mm-hmm. what they've seen, what they've researched and how it related to their own jujitsu. Right. Is really cool. Yeah. And then, um, they really dove into the philosophy of how they learned there at Primal and they showed how they were embodying and learning those different techniques of learning mm-hmm. that supplements the way that we can learn Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, for sure. It was cool to hear each of them go through because they each had a different topic, but they all kind of fed off of each other because, you know, that's how Jiu-Jitsu is. You string things together to make sense. And uh, all of them did a very nice job. And some of them had notes, some of them didn't. So it was, it was cute to see someone be like, well, mine's not going to be better than that. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was good. One of them said, and I really liked the way he put it, but I'm I'm having trouble remembering exactly the words he said. But he said, you have to like embrace the chaos. That's what he called it. Mm. He said, embrace the chaos that is jujitsu. And I thought that that was the coolest thing that I had heard all day. Yes. It was something that really stuck with me. And I actually wrote that down because I really enjoyed that. Because if you think about when you're live sparring, which is actually a lot of the things and topics that they researched was live sparring versus individual sparring versus... Uh, not just drilling. Really. Whoa. Interesting. <laughs> okay, moving our, on. Our Sorry. dogs are running laps upstairs and we can hear it. So <laughs> you may have heard that too in the sound. Anyway. Uh, what was I saying? So you're talking about <laughs> embracing the chaos, um, live drilling, live sparring yes. versus like drilling just drilling a specific technique right right so if you think about it when you're doing individual drills like let's say you're doing your warm-up drills versus when you're drilling in class with a partner trying to do the move over and over and over versus actually live sparring it's very different when you're live sparring because the person is reacting to everything that you're doing and you're reacting to everything that your partner is doing and it is chaos it's -hmm. controlled chaos when you get to a certain point at it but I just thought the way that he worded it saying embrace the chaos was one of the most inspirational things I'd heard all day. Yeah. And I think it feeds into the primal logo a lot. If mm-hmm. It's a center point with arrows going in different spots mm-hmm. with big arrows, small arrows. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a very good embodiment of chaos and a logo. Yeah. That makes sense. He was also the one that stood out the most to me outside of Lydia because he was told by his coach as his coach was promoting him to a blue belt. He was just like, yeah, he was not very good when he started. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, I thought he was for sure going to be that person that came in and left after a month because he couldn't handle it. But now here he is. And I, that was so cool to see and experience, even though I don't even know his name or know him. I think his name was Zach. Okay. Shout out Zach. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Right. But I mean, it was just cool because you do, you have to expect the unexpected, I guess, with jujitsu chaos. And 
the people who you don't expect to stick around are the people who sometimes turn out to be the best practitioners that you can train with. Oh, yeah. So that's super fun. Our dogs are still going crazy. I don't know what's happening up there. Maybe trick-or-treating has started. No, it starts at four. Okay, whatever. I hope it doesn't start at one. Well, I hope not, too. Huh. Anyway. <laughs> Our dogs are coming down here to tell us. Okay. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> So, yes, we went to that, and that was very cool. We also got to roll as well. So the other way that they did it is after all of them went through each of their presentations. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What is going on here? <clears throat> anyway, dogs are really throwing us for a loop. I apologize. I'm super sorry. <laughs> so after they all presented... Then it was kind of an open mat, but not really an open mat. It was very odd. So yeah. all of the seven people who were getting promoted had to do the same rules that we do. They had to be on the mats for the 45 minutes straight and mm -hmm. roll constantly. But it was just a 45-minute timer. There was no rounds. There was no 30 seconds. There was no three minutes. Like, it was everyone is out on the mat, and as long as our seven people do not stop rolling for 45 minutes, we're good. Yep. And everyone else just had to... Find a partner. Yep. And it was pretty much the way that I was seeing it. I don't know if this is how you perceived it, but it was pretty much like a submission only. You roll until one of you taps and then you move on to the next person who's available. And that was what I noticed. Mm -hmm. So I rolled a lot until a submission and then we just moved on. Or we got a submission and then just kept going depending on mm -hmm. if we enjoyed rolling together or not. And I had a really fun time with that because I got to roll with just about every female who was there. And there was probably yep. like 12 girls there, which does not happen very often. Yeah, I think that's credit to the female black belt, Courtney, they yes, have at Primal. Absolutely. So that was super cool. And we got to see two of their blue belts females turn into purple. Mm -hmm. So that was a fun experience. But I got to roll with just about every female there, which was very fun and awesome. And I made some new friends out of it. I'm actually friends with a couple of them on Facebook now. So it was cool. I, I really enjoyed the day. I got to roll with the black belt, so that's always fun. Mm hmm. And he didn't ask him to roll because I, I had didn't. to tell him about that. You cannot ask a black belt well, in another school to roll. You didn't tell me about it, but I was like looking at him and I was like, I really want to ask him to roll. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I was like, I'll just sit here off to the side near him <laughs> when he's not rolling. Him until he looks at me. <laughs> That's kind of what Ellie did with Courtney, too. Like, Courtney was on the mat and Ellie just like sat there and like smiled and was like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. Like I'm not gonna ask you to roll, but I'm gonna really give you a lot of hints that I want to roll. <laughs> you, me, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Oh my good. It's but, like it's like Bumble of rolling. Right. <laughs> you right. can't ask the black belt, but you can let them know that you're available. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, that's funny. so funny. But Anyways. so yeah, we did the open mat and then got all. Seven of the people promoted, and also a couple stripes were handed out, which was super cool. Mm -hmm. And that was fun. And then the guy who runs the gym, who's a brown belt. Do you remember his name? Ben. 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 He's a brown belt, but he got two stripes mm -hmm. from the black belt. Scotty. Is that his name? Possible. Sure. <laughs> it was super cool. But they were saying that they're not affiliated with any sort of association, so... He is not... Kind of stuck at Brown Belt. Yeah. yeah. He can't really get to Brown Belt. And he's like, I'll probably be Brown Belt for a while. But that's yeah. okay because my, my uh, technique will show on the mats. And they'll show on the competition mats. And I think that's a really cool 
way to think about your jujitsu. It's like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter about your promotion; it just matters about your technique. Yeah, yeah. He won't be able to go to black until the other black belt is a third degree black belt. Yeah. And the other black belt was a one degree black belt, I think. Yeah. He had one stripe or something. No, I think he was zero actually. I don't think he had any. He's got a little bit. I don't know. But that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So thanks for hospitality, Primal. That was really fun. Out it there. was. It's very. I wouldn't even say it was super different. It was just, it was different for us, and it was fun. Yes. As we know, not everybody goes and follows the same path in life for mm-hmm. all different sorts of ways of life, and mm-hmm. we just got to experience more of it yesterday. Right. And got some really fun roles in. Yes. With MMA fighting instead of just people who strictly train jujitsu. Mm-hmm. So it was a different style. Yeah. And I remember when he was promoting a couple of the girls, he had said two of them, the two girls who were going purple, he was like, normally people don't play off of their backs very much. They always try to transition into better positions, but these two are dangerous on their back. Like, they have a wicked guard. So I thought that was a unique way to think about it, too. Yeah, absolutely. Which kind of goes into the different style of learning, right? Yes. Yeah, different styles of learning. So um, I practice a little bit bit (laughs) (laughs) too many languages in my brain now (laughs) but i practice a bit of neuro-linguistic programming and a big part of that is understanding how people interpret the world and a part of that subsect of that is how different people learn Mm -hmm. so some people learn visually some people learn auditorially So, like, listening to a podcast or listening to somebody describe something. Mm -hmm. And other people learn through feel, right? And there's... Doing. Right. Through doing or um, through practice. Because some things, some concepts are things that you can never do, but you can uh, theorize with them. Mm -hmm. So, like, mental practice. Mm -hmm. Obviously, jiu-jitsu is a very physical practice. Yeah. But you have to use, you know, your mental capabilities at the same time. Right. But there are many different ways of learning, and that's probably not the only few ways that you can learn, but that's the main ways that our senses take in what we can learn, Mm -hmm. at least. Yeah, you and I were just talking about that yesterday in the car, about how we learn differently, because I'm currently studying for my series licensing in financial practice. And the way that I am studying right now is I'm taking notes as I'm reading, but I write with different colors. So every section is a different color pen. So like 3.4.1 is going to be purple, but 3.4.2 is going to be blue or something like that. And I switch between like the seven or eight colors that I have. And that way, Mm -hmm. when I go back on a practice test question and I'm like, oh, okay, I remember I wrote this in purple. Got it. Okay. And that's how I kind of remember things is by taking that knowledge that I have been given and then I associate it with a color and then that color sparks something in my brain where I'm just like oh yeah okay I wrote that why did I write it that way type thing so would you say you're a visual learner I would say I'm more of a doer but I can't really do anything except for practice tests when I'm studying for that so by associating the color I guess visually Mm -hmm. with my practice of doing Mm-hmm. It really helps me excel in my learning. Yeah, absolutely. But you don't learn that way. Me? You don't learn with colors, you said. Not with colors. 
No, colors don't matter. Um, but I'd say I learn kinesthetically, which is through feeling mm-hmm. uh, and by doing. Because if you know me at all, somebody can show me something and then I can pick it up after I try it like once or twice. It's like near a viable technique mm-hmm. after I've tried it. But at the same time, it's typically taught with a visual and an auditorial explanation. Yeah, you learn the most by listening, I feel. Listening mm. and watching. I'd say watching, but also listening. So you can do audiobooks. I can't yeah. do audiobooks. Yeah, but I'd say that's like my least good way of learning. So I don't think okay. that... I think that I'm... Uh, I don't want to seem like... Uh, cocky or anything (laughs) but i feel like i can learn all three different ways pretty well but auditorially is not as good as visually which is not as good as doing it i don't think that sounds cocky at all i think that means that you have a skill that a lot of people can't say that they have which is unique in itself and then also being able to have that skill and having the ability to learn in all those different ways i think that is pretty magnificent actually because i don't have that I can't learn audio, audio, audioly, <laughs> auditorially, auditorially. That sounds better. But I can't do that. Like honestly, you guys listening to this podcast, and those of you who listen every week, I appreciate you. I don't know how you do that because yeah. I can't listen to podcasts. Like I do when I'm really, really interested in the subject, mm-hmm. but there is not a specific podcast that I follow that I listen to every single episode. Yeah. So I just, I just don't like listening to things very much, I guess. And that's where I've tried listening to audiobooks because he keeps telling me, like, you got to read 1984. You got to do it. You got to do it. And I tried (laughs) listening to 1984 while I was cleaning the house one day, and I'm just so focused on cleaning the house, I'm not listening. And when I'm at work, I'm so focused on my work, I'm not listening. And when I'm trying to do things, I can't just, like, sit on a couch and listen to something. Yeah, that tells me that you're heavily visually oriented because if you're, like, looking and doing at something, like the rest of your, it's like a blinders on to the... Right, blinders to the rest of the world, which also includes the rest of your senses. Yeah, but I I wouldn't even say I'm a visual learner because, I mean, I am, but maybe in the tier that you said, like audio is the worst and then visual in the middle and then doing is the top. Mm -hmm. But when we see a move in jujitsu that I've never done before, if I see it, I can't do it right away. I have to practice. I have to do it to learn it. Right. But I'm at the point now where if I see it, I can try it. Whereas, like, a year ago, I'd be like, I'm not doing that. Can't do that. But I have to do something over and over and over and over and over for me to actually remember to do that move later. Right. Yeah, and that's that's good that you know that also because that helps you train. But you're not like that. You're like, I saw a Tarika Plata. Now I'm Tarika Plata-ing everyone. I'm like, screw you. (laughs) Yeah, I like to tell... I want a Tarika Plata everyone. Yeah, and the reason I say that I'm not bad at learning auditorily and then visually and then through feeling... Is because there was one time I was listening to a podcast mm-hmm. from Jocko, and he was describing a submission that he did to his friend. And then the next day, and like I only heard his description. And then the next day, I went and did it on the mats. Mm-hmm. And then I laughed. And I was like, <laughs> I learned that from a podcast yesterday. <laughs> and they were like, What the hell are you talking about? Like, yeah, he was talking about it. And then yeah. I tried it. <laughs> yeah, but different styles of learning. Like, you really just have to figure out what works best for you. And I feel like that's a really big part of grade school, honestly, is like really figuring out when Mm -hmm. you are, like when your brain is developing and when you are getting older, 
what really resonates with you. Like, were you good at math and science or were you good at arts and writing? Mm-hmm. And then that really can like set you in a tone of when you get to choose your electives in high school of what you want to take. Mm-hmm. That can really set you in where you should go and what interests you. And then that really sets you up for college. Yeah, but you've also experienced things that you're really interested in where you get to the class and the teacher teaches in a way that is totally not your style. And then you're discouraged from pursuing that for the rest of your life, Mm -hmm. which is a dangerous trap. But, you know, different strokes for different folks. Right. Some people love that style of teaching. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think it's very hard to be a teacher with a huge class size with all these different skills and trying to teach them all the same thing the same way. Right. Which is one thing that I think it's really great about our gym, the way that we have different teachers mm-hmm. and different class structures mm-hmm. throughout the week. Yes. I think it's a huge benefit and that's why some people stick to certain schedules and some people avoid certain classes. Right. Or or teaching styles. Right. Yep, because we have we offer classes 7 days a week and primarily night classes are led by my dad. And primarily morning classes are led by Mike Coy, who will be on our podcast next week. So stay tuned for that. Woohoo! We're going to talk about influential jujitsu next week. But, uh, so he normally teaches morning. My dad normally teaches night. But then Sundays are taught by a person who was a wrestler for 12 years. And mm-hmm. that's a different style than anything in jujitsu, especially because he just started his jujitsu journey not too long ago. But he's he'll take your ass down. Yeah. All 135 pounds of him. Right, he'll kill you. (laughs) Uh, But then outside of him, then we have a couple other people who substitute or have a class on their own, and they also have different styles. Like we Mm -hmm. have a flow class, and that's completely different. That's taught Mm -hmm. by Ellie and Mike. And then we have a Tuesday class, which is taught by Adam, also another fantastic wrestler who teaches you takedowns and scrambles. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's cool to get all these different styles and techniques that you can embody into your own game. Yeah. And the stylistic teaching is super awesome. Mm-hmm. But then there's also like different class structures that make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, a class structure that I like a lot that a lot of people don't like is I think what they do more at Primal all the time, which is like positional drilling. Mm -hmm. So you might teach a certain concept and then you say, okay, we're going to try it out. Yep. And then this person starts bottom side control. That person starts top side control and you got to get out and you got to hold them down Mm -hmm. and we're going to go for a minute. Yep. (laughs) And that was the best. Yeah. And that's like very hard training, especially when you are unsure of any technique in general. Mm -hmm. Right. And that type of training uh, takes a different type of, person to do like on a regular basis i will admit because you gotta when you're going through stuff like that right you have to but you have to be like mentally strong enough to not feel like shit after not being able to get out of side control right because first of all if you want to get out of side control it's easiest to get out when someone's transitioning to mount or to take your back but if somebody is just specifically trying to hold you down and you're just trying to fight through them holding you down it's gonna be very difficult Mm -hmm. And I thought that was kind of another cool concept that was brought up at Primal yesterday is that one of the girls was talking about how when you're drilling a move, and she was talking about pads, so like Muay Thai MMA fighting style, not so much jujitsu, but it can translate to it. Mm. Uh, she was saying that when you are drilling with a partner the same move 
over and over to get good at it, to do that, to do your reps, to get your repetition in and to figure out everything. It's so different when you're actually sparring because of, again, that reaction that you have to your opponent. And so when you're kicking the pad amazingly over and over and over, because you're doing this drill where like you throw a punch and then they come back with a cross and then you return with a kick and then they also return with a kick, but you know that's going to happen because that's the drill you're working on. And then when you're doing it live, that's not the drill you're probably going to be doing. You're going to be working right. on reaction time. So yeah. and I responses. That was, yes. So I thought that was really cool. And that's kind of how the positional drilling is, is instead of, okay, we're going to work on this move from bottom side control. And then you're just going to drill it three, four times until we move on to the next drill. Mm-hmm. It's okay. You're going to start on bottom side control. Do what works for you. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, well, that didn't work for me. Right. <laughs> Let me try the next thing. Well, that didn't work for me either. Yeah. But then we have the expertise from Brenton and all of our black belts and brown belts where we can ask them, hey, I, I've i been trying this. This hasn't been working for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And the black belts can tweak the technique that you're already trying mm-hmm. to make it work for you exponentially better. Yep. And then and then you're like, wow, jujitsu. <laughs> yeah. But you don't want to fall into the trap of trying to be in the perfect spot every time you're trying to do any sort of technique. Right, exactly. Because that's never going to happen. And that's kind of how Adam does it on Tuesdays, is when you he shows a move and then he wants you to positionally drill it. And if it's not working for you, he'll come over and be like, well, that's not your move. Let's do this instead. Yeah. And I think that that's really empowering, too. Right. To just be like, okay, well, if that doesn't work for you, let's find something that does. Yes. Because every body is different and everyone moves different and everyone's jujitsu is different. So why should mm-hmm. all of our drills be the same? Yes. But then sometimes you got people that take the drill too seriously and never let you do anything. <laughs> hmm, I wonder who. <laughs> and then you're like, bro, lighten up a little bit. We're trying to learn here, not get smashed. Right. <laughs> but then that's, I think that all of those things translate perfectly to open rolling, obviously, mm-hmm. because then you're experienced you're not just drilling stuff. You're experienced with the real pressure. Yep. But then people can turn it up as you get better and better. And it helps us grow as jujitsu practitioners. Absolutely. Yeah. But then there's also great classes. Um, one thing I like to use a lot whenever I teach anything is a system from a position that you're in. Mm-hmm. So I think systems started coming out with, well, they've probably been around forever. But I think they started getting labeled a lot once Donaher and all the BJJ fanatics videos started getting wildly popularized. And then they would sell systems. So mm-hmm. enter the system is what Donaher calls all of his different instructionals. Enter the system leg locks, enter the system you know, back attack, guard packs, or whatever. And it's from starting from a certain position that you got to and then systematically going through your next steps that are very possible. Mm-hmm. So that was something that was awesome when Jeff Glover was having that seminar of deep half guard at Fluid. He systematically showed us the moves that play off of each other in deep half guard mm-hmm. from a certain position and then what to do if they react this way, what to do if they react this way, and it all stemmed off of one initial cue. Mm-hmm. And then he showed us how to get to that position and how to start that initial cue. And it was like an hour and a half, two hours of this one system that we all got to drill, which is something that we can go back to over and over and play with the system and make it work for us through stress testing it, mm-hmm. through drilling and through rolling. But without like the knowledge of that system, you wouldn't 
have put that all together if you were just told what deep half guard was and tell them there's lots of possibilities here, but figure out what works best for you. Right. Yeah, I loved Jeff Glover's seminar. I thought he broke everything down very nicely, and I was able to put it into my own perspective and, like he said, play off of the systems and what worked for me because I still find myself in almost every role. Like whenever someone's in mount or something i'm just like oh jeff glover showed to do this to get them in bottom half and then i'm just yeah. like oh i could start playing with this now right and i i wouldn't say i get it all the time but it's really fun that i get to a position that i can remember is from that seminar and then i pull it off and then i'm like jeff glover taught me that <laughs> <laughs> yeah which is pretty cool to say in general <laughs> yeah like i feel like whenever i do it to new people especially people who were not at that seminar they're always like wow that was crazy i'm like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should have been there. <laughs> it was, it's fun. Yeah, that is fun. And I think that's the coolest thing about seminars is because it's so, it, most of them are pretty much based off of like a main policy or technique that you can kind of expand off of. And so you can always relate that one move back to like, oh yeah, that seminar is where I mm -hmm. learned that. Yes, Whereas absolutely. like a class is just, I mean, it's still a move, but it's kind of just like one class and it. It's still great. Obviously, you should go to class every time that you should, like whenever it's on your schedule, go. But seminars, go to class. I don't know what don't it is just about, do seminars. I don't know what it is about seminars that just make things stand out a little bit more. I think they carry a sense of, I'm going to learn something new today from someone that's very experienced in this specific thing, mm -hmm. right? You never go to a seminar from um, like a, a blue belt, <laughs> typically, mm -hmm. right? So you, there's typically a reason that they're holding a seminar right? because they're very experienced in whatever it was. So you're like, oh, this person's great at this. He's used this this many times in competition or he has this many accolades. So mm -hmm. I'm going to learn. So you, you go to that class with a little bit more expectation and a little bit more, I don't know, pep in your step for what you want to learn that day mm -hmm. versus sometimes you go to class and you're like, I don't even want to be here today. But those are the <laughs> days that you should absolutely go. Because I know that's something that Tracy and are I have talked about. Okay, the days that I don't go are not because I'm feeling lazy. It's because I'm physically hurting. I'm just giving you shit. And okay? I choose not to go because I'm physically hurting, which is not very often. But the days that I'm feeling lazy and I just am like, oh, I just don't really feel like going are the days that I push myself to go the hardest, especially if it's on my routine days. Yeah. But... Days that I'm actually physically hurting, yeah, those are the days that I'm like, maybe I should take today to just, like, chill and then try again tomorrow. <laughs> but Tracy and I have talked about that a lot. Like, the days that you are just so defeated, you've had a terrible day at work, and you just want to lay in bed, or you just want to go eat that ice cream instead, or something like that. Those are the days that you have to really be like, okay, I know that I will feel better after I train. I know I will. You gotta go earn that ice cream. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. On yes. ice cream. Yeah, the ice cream sounds good. I've been saying I want ice cream for like two days now. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's the last day of that Butterfinger shake. Oh, wow. <laughs> we did go get that, by the way. When we said that on like two podcasts ago, we definitely went and got those that night. Yeah, it was good. That might be tonight, too. Yes. But, uh, so yeah, we we're talking about seminars. We we're talking about structured yeah, classes structured and classes. how they're different. Right. But yeah, seminars do have that extra feeling mm -hmm. and yeah then we stemmed into not wanting to go to the gym right and then that's the tangent we were on so now we're bringing it back right <laughs> but um <clears throat> so i'll bring up something kind of 
off topic but still relates back to structure is that Dave and I were just talking this week about how you should have a couple different people who are skilled in different areas to help you out in different parts of your life. And what we were talking about was our bodies and like taking care of your body, massages and chiropractic therapy and everything that you can do to enhance your jujitsu and make yourself healthy and better and stay fit, basically. Mm -hmm. So we were saying like, it's great to see this person for this part of what they're good at, but it might be good to see this person as well because they specialize in this aspect that that person doesn't. And then we related that back to fluid and our teachers. And it's like, well, yeah, that makes perfect sense because if I want to learn a great submission, I'm probably not going to go to that blue belt or purple belt. I'm probably going to go to the black belts class. But if I want to learn like fantastic scrambles and takedowns, I'm going to go talk to Adam on Tuesdays or I'm going to go talk to Devin on Sundays because they're fantastic at wrestling and they're mm-hmm. teaching this because they're great at it. And it relates to that in the way that you should go see a chiropractor for whatever's going on, like maybe in your back. And then maybe you should go see Gabe, who we just had on the podcast a couple weeks ago, when you're having issues with a certain area that he can work on specifically. Or maybe you should go see Michelle, who is really good at figuring out what's going on in the body and how you can make it better and work on your nutritional diet with you. And there's just so many different people that specialize in different parts of things that will make you better and you should see them if that's the part that you want to get better in yeah it's um like diversifying Mm -hmm. not putting all your eggs in one basket is the concept there because that's that's a huge financial term not don't invest everything into one spot but it's that place goes bankrupt you're screwed (laughs) i'm learning that it seems like common knowledge (laughs) but it's the same thing with our bodies for staying healthy and it's the same thing for our teachers and who we're learning from. Mm-hmm. If you only learn from one person, from one type of class, you're going to start pigeonholing the things that you're learning in jujitsu. Mm-hmm. But if the more you get around, you go to different gyms, try out different open mats, go to different seminars and experience different teaching styles, different uh, professors, different jujitsu styles different recovery techniques, Mm -hmm. uh, different class structures, you start to experience more. And it's like adding adding all those different seasonings to your jiu-jitsu soup. Mm -hmm. Yes. Soup, rice, whatever analogy you want to call it. (laughs) I have the craziest nachos. Tell me about my (laughs) jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Yeah. But But that's why I try to diversify my class schedule so much and I've like people have asked me they're like why do you go to so many classes and I'm like because it's different in every class like and then when I'm trying to think about the day of the week like let's say I'm trying to hang out with someone and it's on a day that I would normally go to the gym I have to try to figure out what class am I willing to give up that week (laughs) to go hang out with this person like and then it always goes through my mind I'm like well if I miss Tuesday then I miss Muay Thai and if I miss Wednesday then I miss Nogi and yeah. if I miss Thursday, then I can't train with this specific person because they only come to beginner class. And if I miss Friday, then I miss question and answer. Like, I have yeah. to do the pros and cons list in my head about what day is the best day for me to not go yeah. so that I can get other things in my life done. <laughs> I think you and I prioritize the good things of everything too much where we don't, we feel the opportunity cost is too high to miss out on everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just hanging out with my best friend last night. And we were kind of talking about that where I told her, I'm like, I go to the gym Tuesday through Saturday. 
Some days I'm a little tired, so I may not make it to like a Saturday class, but I'll still try to at least make it to open math or something along those lines. And she was saying that she was having a hard time uh, making herself go back to the gym on a regular schedule. Like she trains, mm. she works out a lot, but she is having an issue motivating herself to go three to four times a week like she used to. Mm. Yeah. And I told her, I was like, yeah, you know, if I, I go Tuesday through Saturday and if I miss one of those days, I feel so guilty for like the whole week. And then she told me, she's like, I used to be like that. I want to get back to that point. And mm-hmm. I told her, I was like, I can hear it in your voice. You have that drive. You have the motivation that you want to get back to that point. So yes. you will. But sometimes I think that it's a little unhealthy that I'm like, I go this often. And if I miss one day, I'm going to, I'm going to suck at jujitsu and I'm going to be terrible at this. And I'm going to get fat. Because I think that's like my <laughs> biggest thing. I'm like, well, if I skip Wednesday, that's the day I roll the most. And then I'm just not going to, I can't eat I'm that. I'm never going to recover. Yeah. I'm like, I can't eat that popcorn that night. I'm never going <laughs> to. Physically recover from this. <laughs> and it's almost unhealthy, but that's that's kind of where my brain goes. It's like, I don't want to miss this class because of these benefits that I'll gain from it, but also because I will feel like garbage for not going. Hmm. That's something that I probably need to work on. <laughs> Maybe. Well, you do it. You do it to me. When I'm like on a Saturday, I'm like, oh, I just don't, I can't. Like, I'm so sore. I just can't move. And you're like, you sure? Like, you sure you don't want to go to open mat? And I'm like, Go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, I'm just a little different because there's no, no class I want to skip ever for any reason. I just try to go to literally every class on the schedule. For the longest time, I <laughs> never understood why he was going to 6 a.m. class. Like, I think I brought it up for like six months straight where I was like, why do you keep pushing yourself? Like, you already <laughs> go Tuesday through Saturday with me. Why are you adding two extra classes to your schedule? Like, that's got to be exhausting. And he always said, he's like, well, one, I love learning from Mike. I just love it. And that's one of the biggest reasons I go. Two, 6 a.m. people is a very, like, set set schedule of people. Like, it's the people who work first shift, so they try to go get their workout in the morning, and they mm-hmm. don't come to night classes. So we don't really see them that often. So it's a good way to also diversify your portfolio <laughs> <laughs> yes. and hang out and roll with people that you wouldn't normally roll with because they only go to 6 a.m. And then also... It's a great way to wake up in the morning. And that was his reasonings for always going to 6 a.m. But me, I'm like, I roll enough. I don't want to go. But I do push myself. And I try to go at least once every, like, three months. <laughs> yeah. Just so I can see some people. Yeah. And morning rolling is different. We're not, like, killing each other. We're, like, Most relaxed. Most of them. Most of them <laughs> understand the 6 a.m. rolling <laughs> uh, criteria, mm-hmm. which is we're all going to work. And we're just trying to wake up here and do a little bit of jujitsu with each other. It's not a competition rolling. Mm-hmm. If you want that, go to Wednesday night. Go to Friday night. Right. That's where you're gonna find that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, um, I'm excited. We're adding Monday 6 a.m. I'm probably gonna go tomorrow. Are you serious? Yeah. Don't be dumb. I'm not being dumb. Don't be dumb. You do not need to add a like 17th class. At to least your week. definitely want to help support Mike on his first day. Okay. <laughs> Moving so on. let's let's count how many classes Nick goes to. Okay, let's let's do that. Honestly, I'm not that much farther behind him, so I'm probably being. Are we talking about the classes I teach too? Sure. Let's do that. Let's do all of that. Let's start with Tuesday because you take Sundays and Mondays off. We don't we don't go to the gym on Sundays and Mondays. It's kind of a rule of thumb. We go so much those five days that it's just not not in our schedule. So it's a rest Tuesdays, day. you wake up at. 
6 a.m. I'm no, gonna count. I wake up at like a little bit you after wake up five. At five a.m. So you can go to <laughs> six a.m. class. That's one. And then right. you typically have a private lesson at four or five ish. Yeah. This Tuesday I have two. We're at three. Just on Tuesday. It's not even in the afternoon yet. And you have three in one day. So then after you teach private lessons, if you don't have another one, you will now start lifting with me because I've been lifting again. Yep. So that's four. And then you do Muay Thai. That's five. And then you do jujitsu. That's six. And sometimes you roll after that. So we're already at six in one day. It's a great day. Okay. That's <laughs> Tuesday. So then Wednesday. Wednesday's a little bit slower. Right. But that's it. Just the one class on Wednesday. Yep. Just. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That you, don't, you don't do kids class. I do. So you just do the seven o'clock class and then you roll afterwards, which I count as a class because it's an hour of rolling. Eh. So that's two hours worth of <laughs> your Wednesday. And then Thursday you do 5 a.m. private lesson. Yep. 6 a.m. jujitsu. Yep. And then you have another private lesson on Thursdays, typically, with yeah. one of the kids. So now we're at Also, 11. the other morning after morning. Uh, normally, it's like 7.30 or 8 a.m. private lesson. That's right. Okay. So now it's uh, so we're 11 is going to be Thursday morning after 6 a.m. class. Right. Don't you normally have two? I used to, but it went back down to one. That's, but right, that's, that's okay. right. Okay. <laughs> so now we're down to one. So we're at 11, and it's only Thursday morning. And then Thursday afternoon, you have a private Yep. And then sometimes you lift again. Yep. And then you do Muay Thai. And Jiu-Jitsu. And then you do beginner class. And then sometimes and we then have then a we private roll. lesson after that. So we're going to count rolling and private lesson. Yes. Yeah. Now 16 in three days. 16 in three days. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. So now Friday. We do kids class at five. Yep. And then we do. Kids class at six. Another kids class at six. And then we do Jiu-Jitsu at seven. And then we roll for an hour. So uh-huh. now we're at 20. 20 what? In four days. Yeah. 20. This is basically 20 hours in yeah, four days. Basically. Okay. So then Saturday, we really cut down on our Saturdays recently because of this. Well, you kind of did. <laughs> I've been going to West Bend. I'm doing two hours of MMA training. 21, 22 on Saturday mornings. And then, and then uh, we go, go to, to beginner class sometimes. Yeah. And then we go to an open mat. So you're at like 20, you're at a full day of training. Yeah. In five days. Absolutely. One of those five days is straight up just being in the gym. That is, that sounds like a problem to me. (laughs) I think it sounds great. I would like to add some more training to my schedule. I'm going to add Monday mornings at 6 a.m. to my schedule. I think so, yeah. That sounds great. ridiculous. (laughs) <laughs> your body is going to shut down on you no should we calculate mine now sure if you want to i think it's only like 15 so tuesdays at five i lift six i do muay thai and then seven i do jujitsu sometimes i've been skipping that lately <laughs> because i'm tired after lifting <clears throat> but uh then jujitsu and then wednesdays i do kids class at six and then i do jujitsu at seven and then i roll for an hour on wednesdays as well so i'm at six in two days so that's pretty decent and then thursdays i will do 5 a.m lifting 5 a.m lifting holy shit where are you 5 been? <laughs> p.m lifting 6 p.m muay thai 7 p.m 
jujitsu, and then probably another hour of rolling or drilling. I've been drilling a lot on Thursdays instead of rolling just mm-hmm. to keep my body good. Then I'm at 10 in three days. And then on Fridays, 5 o'clock kids class, 6 o'clock kids class, 7 o'clock jujitsu, and then an hour of rolling. And then on Saturdays, I'm just going to say two for open mat and class. Beginner class. So 16. You do about 10 more hours than I do. Yeah, that's fine. You're insane. <laughs> it's not that much. Tell us in the comments what you think about that. About I him. love it. It's so fantastic. And then calculate your schedule. How many hours a week do you train? Because even though, I mean, not all of that was rolling, right? Like with private lessons, private lessons, he's not rolling. He's just, but he's still there and he's basically drilling his mind because he has to articulate everything. So private lessons is a little different. And then also with class, that's not live rolling, but it is still training. It is still Mm -hmm. getting your brain going. And And moving. And moving. And then also kids class. We're not really doing much in kids class, but also still articulating and helping and coaching. So it's not like we're sitting there straight up rolling and sweating for 24 hours a week. But That's what you think. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still a lot. Yeah. We're well, there a lot. We are kind of consumed. <laughs> yep. But uh, that's what adds into so much different seasoning into my jujitsu soup. Because I have all those different takes and all those different looks and all the different ways that I am embodying jujitsu every day to add into my training. Which I love. It makes my soup taste fucking great. (laughs) But each class is structured different. Yeah. And there's different learning methods and styles. Because even in our kids class we have to network. We've been recently kind of separating them by age and skill levels. Mm-hmm. So like we're putting we're putting the more experienced kids together in our kids Muay Thai class who know how to hold pads, who know how to throw punches and don't need to be watched the entire time because we trust so them. they don't they're hurt themselves. Be doing the drill. <laughs> yeah. So they, they typically kick, go together. Kick a bag with their toes and then like, oh, right. But then we put the less experienced kids with the other less experienced kids and we know that we'll have to devote some of our time to them. And mm-hmm. then we'll put like brand new people on bags, like people who have never done anything before just so they can get used to standing there and like throwing their arms out the motion yeah (laughs) but that's how we're structuring classes recently and that's different yep super different and yeah some class structures are also like technique for a whole hour which i find is or i've heard is not typical for jujitsu it's more like 20 to 30 minutes technique and then a half hour rolling Mm -hmm. so I think it's great that we're able to get so much technique, and then we also don't force people to roll, which puts people at a more comfortable level of getting into jujitsu. Because mm-hmm. I remember as a as a new white belt, and I only learned a couple of techniques, and then everybody was rolling, and I was like, "What is a guard?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and people are just like, "No, here's a spider guard sweep," and I'm like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> I got the cutest text from a new girl at the gym too, and it was just what is rolling? Like, that was the whole question. It was, what is rolling? And I'm just like, what do you mean, what is rolling? Like, in my in my head, originally, I was like, of course, like, rolling is, yeah, that's not normal. No, it's not normal. <laughs> and I had to, like, figure out a way to articulate my thoughts on what rolling was. And then I had mm-hmm. to explain this to a brand new person who's never even, like, really heard of it. Right. And I thought that was pretty fun. So, 
You should tell us in the comments your definition. What is rolling? Rolling is simulated murder. Struggle cuddles. Struggle cuddles. I'm going to say struggle pajamas because that's what you said about Right. It's a struggle cuddles and struggle pajamas. We bought this gi this week or last week from a friend of ours and we Venmoed him and Nick called the Venmo struggle pajamas. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's what they are. (laughs) I try to make my Venmo comments as suggestive as possible. Mm -hmm, Because then other people can see it. Yeah. And then they're like, yep. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Just like I try to make my whole life as suggestive as possible. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, anyway, tell us in the comments what type of structure you most associate with and what kind of learning style you have. Also, tell me what you think rolling is because I'm actually kind of curious what other people's definitions of it are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and personally, I love going to all those different classes and seeing all the different styles, like I said, adding to my jiu-jitsu in all those different ways. I love hours it. a week. I love it's it. Insane. I want more. You're insane. Well, That's more we, than people's work week. We all know that I'm insane. Some but people only I work want 20 more. hours a week. You work. You train more than some people work. For fun. Mm-hmm. And right. as a job. Thanks for listening, guys. Okay. Well, I guess that's all. <laughs> well, that's all, folks. <laughs> hey, copyrighted. All right. Have a good one.